Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, Pastor Jim will introduce us to Mark chapter 6, verses 7 through 13, where we will camp for two consecutive weeks. Can you imagine what it would be like if Jesus came to you personally and told you he was granting you temporary use of his divine power to heal people of any infirmity upon a touch or a word? and granting you his authority over demons such that you could command them to depart and leave people alone in any situation. What would it be like to put that kind of power and authority into practice as you travel the country spreading the gospel? What would the healing look like? What would the spiritual authority look like? How would people respond? And considering what that must have looked like when the disciples were deployed in all directions with Jesus' power and authority, who can we point to today that performs in the same way? Anyone? These are only samples of important questions we might ask about this passage, and the important answers it offers are the focus this week. Here's today's slice of the message entitled, Apostles Boot Camp, Part 1. The apostles have all died. The signs that the apostles could do by way of miraculous things, those aren't happening today. So how does God choose leaders today? Jesus isn't speaking audibly, so how does this work? Well, um, we have Scripture. We have history of applying Scripture to, to help us sort it out. All right? It goes like this. First, there has to be a desire to serve the Lord. Paul left Timothy in Ephesus. He left Titus in Crete. He gave them both um, instructions about how to build the team. And at the head of one of those lists, 1 Timothy 3.1, Paul starts that out. Before he goes at any of the character qualities of, a, of an elder or a shepherd or a teacher or a pastor, he says this, It is a trustworthy statement. If any man aspires to the office of overseer, It is a fine work he desires to do. Two key words there, aspire and desire. The word aspire has the connotation of stretching out after something. That's why men in training for ministry work so hard and make such sacrifices to get the best equipping that they possibly can. In our society, it's, it, it involves um, graduate-level work in seminary to be the best trained that they can. They're stretching themselves to be better equipped. This is why athletes go to the weight room. This is why they do drills. This is why they repeat things thousands of times before they, they get into a game. They're stretching themselves to be better equipped. And then he says, it is a fine work that he desires to do. Now notice, first of all, there's a four-letter word there that has to do with spiritual ministry. Work. Work. It's not a hobby. 
It's not usually easy. It's work. Do you know what the, what the Greek word for work is? If I pronounce it just right, you'll never forget it. It's erg. That's the word for work. And he says they have a desire to do it. The word desire is a word that occurs a number of times in your New Testament. It's not usually translated desire because it's usually translated lust. Because it's usually used in a negative context. It means a very strong desire for something. When it's a desire for something forbidden, we call it lust. But here he says, if somebody's going to be a good spiritual leader... They ought to be stretching themselves to be as trained as they can, and they have to have a desire to do it. That's step one. God gives that internal desire. It's very hard to describe. It's not an audible voice. It, it's a desire. See an opportunity. I want to do that. I, 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 I want to teach that. I, I want to help that person. But internal desires can be confusing. I've had people tell me that God has called them to be a pastor or an elder or a teacher or something like that, and they're awful. They, they can't do it. Some people want the, want the position. Maybe they want a title. Some of them want a paycheck, but that's not the issue. So the next factor is how God applies this in our lives today. We don't have Jesus here saying, okay, you two, you two, you two, you two. Here's what I'm going to send you to do. He's calling us, and it's an all-volunteer army. So the next factor is the confirmation of the church. When a person is gifted and capable for ministry, they will have a desire to get better at it, and... Um, those who know that person will confirm and encourage the desire. You will see that they're bearing fruit. You will see that the people around them are being served and they're being blessed and they're being built up. And if you read on after 1 Timothy 3.1, the next several verses and a parallel passage in Titus chapter 1, it's a list of character qualities to look for in spiritual leaders. And notice... It's not for those guys to just check off that list. Yes, I'm this and this and this and this and this because no man who reads that list of qualities says, yep, I'm your guy. That's a humbling list. You say, no, I, you know, by the grace of God, I haven't fouled any of those things up really bad in the last three days. Those qualities are given for the rest of the church to look at and say, I observe those things in that person. So there's the confirmation of others. And there's a third factor in determining God's call to serve. It's a matter of opportunity. You know, we, we ask God to lead us. And, and, and I'm not sure what we mean by that sometimes. I mean, a, a postcard would be nice. Nowadays, an email or a, or a text tell us when to go where, what the next appointment is. That would be fine, but that's not typically the way that God leads you. The way that God primarily leads you is to give you opportunities to do things and opportunities to serve people for His glory. Several times the New Testament used the metaphor, uses the metaphor of an open door of opportunity 
or a closed door, meaning that something isn't available or it, or it doesn't work out. A wise way to pray is to ask God to open doors for you or to close doors so that you can discern what choices are open to you and what choices are not available to you. Now, when I was first thinking about ministry, one of the things that was least attractive to me was to be needing to be supported by other people. That's not, that's not fun uh, to, to think about that and the, and the obligation. So I figured I got a, I've got a great plan here. If I could just sign one five-year contract in the NBA, be a good manager of my money, after five years I could minister the rest of my life and never have to ask anybody for a dime. I could go wherever I wanted to in the world and, and, and travel. You know what? For some reason, that didn't work out. All right, so that was a rather closed door. No, it was a brick wall, all right? That, that, that didn't happen. So let, let me give you a little personal testimony. A few of you know some of this, but I didn't grow up in the church. Didn't, I, I didn't see churches sending out missionaries Pastors coming along and, and developing, people going to, to, to seminary and all that. But I, I heard of people talk about these near miraculous experiences they had that say, you know, God called me to ministry at age 14 or 16 or 38, whatever it is. Or, or God called me to preach. I never related to that. I never understood that. But I do understand some principles like what I've just been saying to you. I was a brand new believer just when I went off to, when I went off to college. And uh, it was kind of a mess for those first couple of years. I knew I was saved. God knew I was saved. People watching probably wouldn't have agreed that I was. Um, a lot of turmoil, a lot of lack of direction. Um, but the most dramatic change of direction in my life took nearly three years And the first thing that I discovered was, I talked about that internal desire. I lost the internal desire I had had to be a chemist. And here I was almost three-fourths of the way to a degree in chemistry from a prestigious college. has the highest rate of people going on to get PhDs of any college in the world. And I'm thinking, I don't particularly want to do this with my life. Now, I did enjoy teaching, so I thought, ah, okay, maybe I'll go ahead and get that degree, and God will let me um, you be used in a, in a Christian college. Surely there's a place for scientists in a Christian college. And so um, I went to my pastor, and I asked him, is there some place that I could go for a while after I finish college to uh, study the Bible so I can decide what I want to be when I grow up? Um, now, we had a new, young pastor, a guy named John MacArthur, who had um, come to our church the year before that, and he uh, recommended the seminary that he graduated from. He slid a, uh, a catalog across the table and said, go here. You can learn what you want. So I went there, uh, and immediately I loved the academics. It seemed too good to be true that I could actually study the Bible and theology, and Greek, and Hebrew, and they were giving me academic credit for it. 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.